indeed. Welcome everybody to the, the Hebe Social, Social, a mini series brought to you by Hebe Beauty Bar in Red Deer, Alberta. If you're tuning in for the first time, our goal is to provide education about aesthetic services offered at Hebe Beauty Bar. My name is Samantha. I will be your moderator for today. For those who don't know me, I'm a nurse injector at Hebe Beauty Bar. Today's episode is all about dermafillers with our owner and nurse injector of Hebe Beauty Bar, Kendra Newman. Hello. As most of you know, she's the founder of Hebe and has received training locally and internationally in injectables. When Kendra's not in the clinic, she's spending time with her beautiful family or training other injectors as a Galderma trainer. Welcome back, Kendra. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So today we're going to talk about derma fillers because it is a very popular um, product and procedure in your clinic. So let's get started with what are derma fillers or hyaluronic acid derma fillers. Sorry. So dermal fillers, hyaluronic acid dermal fillers are gel-like substances substance that uh, we use to enhance contour and correct the aging process. Okay, awesome. So there's this word that we hear um, around on social media and in the clinics when we do consults, and that's the G prime. So what does G prime mean when it comes to HA fillers? Yeah, so the higher the G prime, the firmer the gel is. So what I always kind of explain when I'm training is if you have a high G prime product, where you put it, it will stay. So this product is amazing to help with bone reabsorption, to help mimic bone, and to really help lift and contour. Whereas a lower G prime product is going to integrate nice into the tissue where we're going to want more mobility. So the nasolabial folds, the lips, um, the marionette lines, those areas are really nice for a lower G prime product. So basically, in simple terms, a high G prime is going to be really firm and a low G prime is going to be really soft. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So how long does filler last? So it really depends. It, it, it depends what plane you're putting it in. So if you're putting a product that's going to mim- mimic bone and it's going to be placed right on periosteum, which is right on bone, that product's going to last a lot longer than a product that's going to be more superficial. So on bone, I like to tell my clients, you're going to get about 12, sometimes 18 months out of that product. Whereas in an area that is most likely going to be a lower G prime product that is going to be more of a mobile area, like lips, you're going to get about six to nine months um and then some areas so i would say anywhere from six to 12 months is kind of a good um span for filler and just because lips are pretty popular and um, also popular in our clinic when it comes to getting like a half syringe of a lower g prime filler and a full syringe is there a difference in longevity for our clients 100 percent So the more synthetic hyaluronic acid you have in your body, the longer it takes your body's hyaluronidase to break it down. So I always tell my clients, if you do half a syringe, you're going to be getting about six months out of your treatment for your lips. And then if you do a full syringe, you're closer to the nine to 12 months. Okay, awesome. So when you were just talking about having natural hyaluronidase in your body... That brings me to another question of like, how does the filler dissolve in your body naturally? Right. So I think a lot of people nowadays assume that you just have to come in and get dissolved because unfortunately people are getting overfilled in some <laughs> in right. some cases, right? So there's this product, this enzyme in our body called hyaluronidase. Our body naturally produces this enzyme and it is going to go in and it will break down our synthetic hyaluronic acid. 
So as soon as we inject a synthetic hyaluronic acid dermal filler into your body, your body's going to start to break it down. So you're not going to get results, the exact same results for six months and all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's gone, but your body's going to gradually dissolve it and break it down um, throughout the six to 12 months. Okay, awesome. What would uh, make somebody a good candidate for HA fillers? So I kind of tell clients, HA fillers are were created to help correct the aging process. When somebody has volume loss from the aging process and their cheeks are becoming more depleted, their filtrums are getting longer, those clients are going to see really amazing results with dermal fillers, whereas clients who have maybe a genetic component, it is harder to correct your genetics. It is much easier to correct the aging process of the face. Okay, awesome. What are popular areas that our clients get derma fillers? So I would say definitely when I started, lips. Lips were very, very popular. And then, of course, Botox and dysphoric. Yeah. Um, and I think lips will always kind of be one of those very popular areas. But I do find a lot of clients are looking for more um, full face rejuvenation. So we see a lot of clients that want a bit of cheeks, a bit of temples, chins, jawlines. Um, we're not very focused on just one area treatments. We very much work globally at Hebe. Totally. And, um, obviously like we've talked about this loss together, but it just happens that the, the face and how it works is when we put filler in one area, sometimes you need to replace filler in another area because of the aging process to actually get them that great result in the end. Yeah. So what is your favorite area to treat? Lately, I've been really liking chins. Okay. <laughs> because I feel like they're underrated and nobody really realizes that they wanted a chin until they get a chin. Um, it gives you such a nice profile. It can help with a little bit of adipose tissue under your neck. Um, it's just a very pleasing result that I find most of my clients are very excited about after they get it. Oh, absolutely. I feel like I've always been in love with chin yeah. filler. <laughs> I know lately for myself, I'm kind of getting really excited about temples, especially for my clients who are getting that little bit of a heavier eye or they're like really big into fitness and they're quite depleted in the temples. I've just been getting super satisfied with filling a temple and seeing that lateral brow actually lift up without a neuromodulator. So that's super exciting. And then it also really does affect the um, under portion of the eye. So I feel like temple and cheeks right now, I'm like loving, loving, loving. So kind of off that, when you're doing temples, would you prefer cannula or needle? I like both. Yeah. I'm doing a little bit of both. Um, so Kendra mentioned cannula and needle. Um, you describe what those are. Sure. So needle is a needle. So <laughs> it's skin. Um, and it is a, a, a treatment that we do all over the face. Um, I like to do needle in areas where there's bone reabsorption. So in the temple is a great spot to do needle. We place to bone and it's going to help lift the brows um, and help mimic bone. Whereas cannula is a blunt needle. So we can go in and kind of fan an entire area. So I really like using cannulas in areas where I'm trying to correct volume loss. So temples are amazing. Um, they're very complex and more high risk areas. So really a combination is, is a great way to go about the temple. Absolutely. And I agree. And I like going in and doing a little bolus to bone 
in the temple with a, a hydrine G prime filler and then going in with the cannula with something a little lower and just getting a bit um, of that like extra lift so that we can really give the client a wonderful result but still being very very safe and following safety parameters. Um, we also do have Emily in the room just kind of in the back here. <laughs> so just because we're talking about our favorite areas to treat let's ask her what her where her favorite area to get filler is. I mean she's young so she hasn't had everywhere but <laughs> so far where's your favorite place oh it's it's so tricky because kind of like you were talking about earlier you, you treat one area and then you need another area in a way to balance i like have lost a lot of weight gained a lot of weight multiple times through life so i'd say cheek filler for me because i'm getting that like inward um falling of the face even though i'm young um and uh, it just gave me a little lift again and a little bit of cute apples to my cheeks. <laughs> awesome. I love that. So we were kind of talking about um, using needle and cannula and Kendra went in and explained that. So obviously anytime you're getting a needle in the face, there's going to be like some risks and some downtime. So what does that downtime look like, Kendra? Yeah. So I would definitely say lips are going to most likely give you the most downtime. Um, I always tell my clients the first 24 to 48 hours is your swell period. So the evening of your treatment and the next morning is when your lips are going to be the most pouty. You might notice your chin will be a little bit stronger than you might like, or your cheeks might be a little more cheeky, but <laughs> I would say the first 24 to 48 hours, it's going to be your swell period. And then after that, you know, bruising can last depending on who you are as a person. It can last about a week. But the most downtime would probably still be the lips. I find personally with like cheeks or tear troughs, other areas like that, usually the next day you can't really see much for swelling. For sure. Um, and as far as like, because you mentioned lips being kind of more downtime, I feel I agree with you. I feel like they usually swell a little more because it's a small area too. Yeah. And they often do get a decent amount of bruising depending on the client. Um, I also think pain wise for derma fillers, there's so many nerve endings around the lips that the pain level is a little higher there, even with topical numbing than other places. Um, but what would you tell clients if they ask about like what pain would be like getting derma fillers, say not in the lips, but in the cheeks or the chin? Right. So I think honestly with the cheeks, it's more the sound of the product going in um, because we're placing it deep to bone. It's not as um, sensitive as other places. So we don't usually put numbing. Um, the lidocaine, there is also lidocaine in the syringes. So the first poke or two, you may feel a little bit more, but I do find cheeks, we try to do it, you know, two, three pokes and, and then it's done. So it's a very quick treatment. Um, very minimal pain. It's just more or less the sound and, and the idea of getting a needle. It usually throws clients off, but I wouldn't say it's painful at all. Totally. What about you, Emily, from your experience? What do you think the pain level is like with derma fillers? I mean, it does depend on the area for sure. I have a high pain tolerance, um, but I do find cheeks like the easiest. Yeah. They feel comfortable. And I think maybe that's part of why it's one of my favorites is uh, you don't have the trauma of like lip filler absolutely yeah for example yeah and Kendra did a sculpture session on me which is different and we're not going to go into sculpture today but it's um injected the same as um an HA filler and so she did temples on me she did cheeks she did my jawline um a little area by your nose corners we call it the piriform fossa and I was pleasantly shocked because I don't actually have a ton of filler in my face I have a little bit in my lips I have 
some in my nose and my chin and that's that's it um but i was shocked and i actually didn't think any area was that bad like i would say um the worst area is the lips for sure but again like i'd say maybe a four out of ten and everywhere else like a two out of ten so super super tolerable um what would you tell clients to do to decrease their downtime if possible yeah so um the main thing is you can start taking arnica which is uh you can find at any health food store uh nutters and this arnica is going to help decrease uh, the risk for bruising which is huge in some clients you can also stop taking any of your omegas any blood thinners that are not doctor prescribed like don't take advil or a little aleve um about 72 hours prior try to not drink a lot of caffeine the day of uh, and then afterwards, you want to do no hot tub, no sauna, no working out for 24 hours and sleep elevated to decrease the swelling and ice the area of treatment. Okay, awesome. So I kind of talked about where I had fillers. Um, let's find out where Kendra has derma fillers. And if you guys know Kendra and have seen Kendra, <laughs> she looks extremely natural. So I think the reason why this question is so important is that all of us in the clinic have experienced derma fillers. And I don't personally think any of us look unnatural, which is a very big myth when it comes to HA fillers that you were going to look not like yourself, which is not what we want. We want our clients to just feel confident and look like themselves. Um, but have like that glow and that volume back. So Kendra, where are your derma fillers? <laughs> I always find it funny when clients ask this question because they're even like, oh, like you get Botox, you get Dysport? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, so I guess, so I, I have an eight month old, so I was pregnant and breastfeeding. So let's kind of go over like the last two years of where I've had <laughs> treatment. Um, so I've had temples, tear troughs, cheeks, nasal labial folds, lips, chin, jawline, pretty much everywhere but my big toe. Um, <laughs> so really, Sam has done all my work and it's, it's amazing, but I've really kept myself. Um, because I've been pregnant and breastfeeding, I've really fluctuated with my weight. So it kind of threw me off because my face changed so much. Um, so putting a little bit, I would say my temples are kind of my favorite spot because I looked so peanut-like. Yeah. <laughs> which I, which I never really understood that, but I really started to look hollow after um, having my daughter. So putting a little bit of temple filler was huge for me, but I've pretty much had everywhere. I would say my favorite spots, well, other than temple, oh gosh, everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I think right now what I definitely have is a bit of tear troughs, cheeks, lips, uh, and jawline, and then for it all over awesome yeah. okay <laughs> i love that um i shared where mine was i think everyone who follows emily probably knows where she has their fillers because <laughs> she's super transparent and that's what we love about her and she loves to share her journey but is there anywhere we missed with you emily like cheeks and lips was there anywhere else you have it right now i just have a bit of cheek and a bit of lip um, I'm a big disport girly, so <laughs> I'm that like tw just 26 yeah. age range where I want to prevent as much as possible. So Potenza, which we'll talk about in another episode, I guess, and uh, disport in my forehead, my eyes, my lips, my DAOs, <laughs> everywhere, jaw. 
Awesome. Yeah, we're all big disport gals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up our episode. Thank you, Kendra and Emily, um, for sharing today. I hope you got a lot of information out of our HA Dermafillers episode. Please stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Bye.